In the name of the true and living God, amen. Please be seated. So there has been discussion about what is the best Christmas movie. Uh, Some might go for one of the classics, like It's a Wonderful Life or White Christmas. Some people might go for something a little bit newer, like the movie Elf. There's a lot of heated debate if you go onto the internet about whether or not Die Hard even is a Christmas movie. (laughs) But one of the big favorites for many people, a movie that people like to watch year after year, is a movie called A Christmas Movie. I'm sorry, A Christmas Story. Um, And what has been haunting me for the last few days as I look around as the season is sort of unfolding before us, um, what would it be like if there was a movie called An Advent Story? I don't think it's ever been tried, but you can kind of imagine an Advent Story, just people walking around in the dark and waiting, maybe some prophets saying, you brood of vipers, you need to repent. I don't think we're going to see it. But this morning in our gospel lesson, we get an Advent story. We get actually a very dramatic scene. There are people who are flocking from near and far to this prophet who is out in the wilderness, who has a message that people need to hear. And he's telling people to repent, to turn, and he's baptizing people. Now remember, These people have been walking in darkness. The Jewish people have been living in an occupied land, and they know that they are in need of a message like what is coming. And remember, there hasn't been a prophet for 400 years. So you can imagine why people would be compelled to come out and to see and to hear what is going on with John the Baptist. Now remember about prophets that what a prophet is, what a prophet does, is to be a messenger. Prophets unveil what is before us, but what may be invisible to us. They speak the truth that is the power to set us free, even when we are resistant to that truth. And of course, for many prophets, they become rejected or even killed. And even for John the Baptist, it doesn't end well for him. And John speaks of the coming of Christ and how the kingdom of God is, in fact, very near. John also speaks about sin. And he invites the people and he invites us to repent, which means to turn, to be cleansed, to get back onto the right path, and to use our lives to bear good fruits. George Buttrick commented on our relationship to our own sinfulness, saying, honest remorse is not easy. We evade the contemplation of our own sins by the condemnation of other people's sins. And perhaps our sins so blind us that we cannot repent except by God's gift, like the gift that came through the flame and judgment in the voice and countenance of John the Baptist. In other words, to know that we are in darkness is a gift because knowing that we are in the darkness is the first step for us moving into light. 
And so it fits that Advent begins right now in this darkest and coldest time of the year. We begin in darkness when we most know the need of light. There's wisdom in the ancient view that a new day begins when the sun goes down on the previous day. If you have ever been uh, a part of or, or been around an observant Jewish community, you know that the Sabbath begins when the sun goes down. And there's wisdom there because it's like when that seed is planted deep down into the dark, cold earth, invisible, it's already beginning that new life, something which will come with hope when the light comes and it shoots forth like a branch shooting out. Now, this time, Advent, this season, to be honest, it's very hard for us in a liturgical church practice, um, which is so counter to the frenetic energy that everybody's experiencing all around us. I know there is a, um, a coffee place that will, shall remain nameless, um, but it's on H Street, a couple blocks over, started in Seattle. <clears throat> Before Thanksgiving, there were Christmas trees and decorations and cards and lights and everything. And we don't get to wait for Christmas anymore. We've lost the gift of the waiting and the walking. And now, I do want to be clear, though, I don't want to say humbug to this joyous season, especially now, maybe this year of all years, we deserve some joy. But I hope that you will look for and hopefully even find some openings in the midst of all the commotion to find a little bit of stillness, to appreciate the darkness. During this darkest time of the year, you might try letting the dark be dark. Really let yourself experience it. We are, after all, bodily human beings, and we're part of the natural world, and it's actually the most natural thing at this time of the year to be still, to be quiet, to rest. Like sleepers gathering themselves for the expectant dawn. And while the world around us is amping itself up with often artificial light, we have the opportunity to open our eyes wide, to get ready to behold true light. The light that is coming into the world and promising to bring what we need, which is hope and peace. Again, Bill Coffin once said about hope, Theologically understood, hope is what's still there when our worst fears have been realized. Hope is what lives when optimism dies. The prophets preached destruction until the people saw the truth in their warnings, and at that very moment, they started to preach hope. If we can appreciate the denunciation, we can hear the annunciation. And so Advent is about making room, making room to notice, making room to be surprised, making room for hope to enter in. 
Prophets make room in their vision to see God. Mary made room in her life to receive God. And we are asked to do both. Amen.